welcome. Whether you've got here by accident or on purpose, or maybe you're being held hostage and forced to listen to this podcast. My name is Jim Ellermeyer. I'm a behavioral health therapist, and you're at Fishing Without Bait, a lifetime without definitive expectations, where we help people explode into their lives through full impact mindfulness. We're not looking for people to find themselves. We're looking for people who can create themselves. The only requirements are the honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness to try. And if you have a few pixie dust sprinkles of those, welcome aboard. Jump in canoe, grab a paddle, and let the adventure begin. And as always, we're joined by an eclectic roster of guests. And today we're joined by Mallory Sherman. Hello. I'm so happy to be here today. Well, Mallory... Sometimes we usually start by putting people on the spot and asking them what's good about being Mallory. I think one thing that I would say is good about being me is especially over the past several months since I've been really pursuing my art, which we will get more into, is I've really tried to focus on tuning out the criticism that's unhealthy. Of course, there's constructive criticism, but mainly unhealthy criticism and focusing on what I enjoy and what I enjoy looking at from a creative sense and really pursuing that. I mean, not everyone will like your work, not everyone will like your creative pursuits, but at the end of the day, as long as I enjoy it and it is something that I am proud of, that's something I've been really focusing on. Say more about not being affected by negative criticism. Yeah, I think with any period of where you're changing, there's individuals who have known you since you were a young age and they have, you know, in your mind what you've been like from that point. And maybe you go through some transition period or you just want to branch out or just want to try a new hobby or interest. There's always going to be potentially some backlash that is like, oh, why are you even doing that? There's no point. Other people do that. You might not find any success. It's just wasting time. And if you believe something in your own heart and it's something you just want to do, I'd say just go for it. And just sometimes you have to tune out someone that may seem like they're a really close friend of you or someone that has been in your life a while. You know that like your own pursuit isn't something that will benefit you in the long run and potentially benefit those around you by connecting you to a new community of interested people in this new area that you want to pursue. Sometimes you just have to trust that, take a little bit of leap of faith and go in that direction. So what we like to do on this show is help people understand how an individual got here from there. And it sounds like you've developed uh, the resiliency and self-confidence to deal with people who perhaps uh, may be jealous, envious, or just uh, make a uh, lifestyle out of looking to be offended at something. But it sounds like that's a transformation. So in the Buddhist world, what we say is uh, flowers don't compare themselves to other flowers. They bloom. So tell me a little bit on our audience about the background of the transformation, the blooming of Mallory, uh, from perhaps somebody who did uh, take these insults personally and affected their self-concept and self-esteem to the confident young lady that I hear. Yeah, well, in my case, the person that was holding me back was not existing in that of another person. It was actually myself. So when I was young, ever since I was little, art has always been my favorite subject. I love to paint. I love to draw. I would make things out of clay. It was 
honestly, anytime I was not in school, I was creating something. And that continued, you know, through early elementary school. And then as middle school, you know, you start to have new social groups. You start to want to spend more time with friends. It was still there. Art was still there, but definitely not something that I was doing as much as I did when I was younger. But then when I went to high school, you know, it was a new school, new experience. I could be a new me. I really just neglected art. I did not do anything artistic. I was required to take a freshman year introductory art class. I put the minimum amount of effort I had to do. And so focused on other classes, which, you know, is important. I wanted to focus more on academics. And I got to a point pretty much up until my junior year of college where I felt like there was something missing in my life. I felt like my friends, my family, and my academics were all good. And I just didn't understand why I was felt left like I was missing something. I mean, on paper, it seemed like everything was all right. But inside, I, I felt like a part of me was gone. And it was winter break going into my spring semester of my junior year. It was extremely cold out. There was lots of wind. It was a terrible winter. And I was just inside. And one day, I was just scrolling on Pinterest, which is something I do not really often, but it just happened to be that day. And it was actually the Cheshire Cat from Alice in Wonderland popped up from the Disney animated movie. And I was looking at this picture and I was like, I could draw that. I don't know what made me think. I was like, I bet if I could sit here, I could draw it. Because when I was younger, that's one thing I like to do. I really like to draw cartoons. So I wanted to see if I could still do it. And I spent the entire day drawing that picture. And by the end of the day, it looked pretty close to that drawing. And I was like, okay, there's something here. So over the next few days, I kept picking different cartoons, different images I saw on Pinterest and just trying to replicate them. And I kept doing this replication over and over again. And eventually I started to develop my own style. And then when I went to back to school for that spring semester, I would have my classes in the day. And then in the evening, I would practice drawing. And then eventually I branched out into color and I just kept going and I didn't look back and here I am now. Ah. So tell me some of the negative feedback that you've gotten. Yeah. Well, mainly, obviously when it started, I was looking at it, I'm like, I'm just copying an image that was pre-made by someone else, not my own thoughts. It got closer and closer to the actual image, but I felt kind of like an imposter. I felt like oh, I'm just copying someone else's idea. I'm becoming a photocopier. That's not the talent I wanted to be. And then as I started seeing different patterns I liked, I really liked drawing eyes and like different characters I was drawing. I started including that. So I started developing like my own sense of style. But then there was always a thought in the back of my head saying, oh, this isn't going anywhere. Like, what's the point? You know, especially with any creative pursuit, there's always the feeling it's like, is this really going to become anything? It's so hard, in quotes, so hard to become known when sometimes you feel like there's only so many greats in a certain field and how will I ever amount to them? And it was just those feelings that were holding me back from even trying. I mean, I didn't even try to do anything with color at this point. How was I supposed to expand when I was holding myself back? So in that sense... I just really had to just keep going. And it was honestly my friends that helped me. They were the ones that told me, Mallory, you have something, just keep going. 
quiet those thoughts a little bit. And they really helped me overcome my own holding myself back. So how did you deal with this inner critic that was inside you casting dispersion upon your talents and your the thing that you love to do? I wouldn't even say I dealt with it so much as I just started ignoring it and just kept going. And as I kept going and I kept creating stuff that I liked, I became more proud of my work. And the more proud I was of my work, the quieter that voice got. So as I started more believing in myself, my friends started encouraging me, started giving me ideas like, oh, maybe you should use this color. Maybe you should try drawing this. Maybe you should not do that. And I just became more wrapped up in it. And kind of that inner critic got really quiet. So I'd say I just kept going. It was difficult, but if you can just push through and know that it's just a thought. It's just something that comes and goes. doesn't mean it's true. And just keep pushing yourself. Are you a therapist in your spare time? <laughs> to all my friends. <laughs> <laughs> and they are to me. <laughs> well, that's what we, and that's what cognitive behavioral therapy is about, is understanding that thoughts are just a thought, and merely because you have one doesn't make it true. Yeah, that is something I've really had to work on myself. I mean, I feel like a lot of people throughout the day, I mean, I know I have so many thoughts that race through my head and sometimes you can't tell fact from fiction. And I'd say that was definitely something I experienced firsthand where I was honestly holding myself back. There really wasn't another person that was criticizing my work. Everyone, I was only sharing with my close friends and all my close friends were extremely supportive. I was very thankful for that. And my only critic was myself. Uh, uh, so are you able to accept compliments about your work, about your life, Mallory? I say one of the reasons I started doing this was to share with other people and connect with other people. And I just hope that what I make makes an impression. And I hope that it's a positive impression so I would love if someone else looked at my work and was like, wow, I really like that. And it made them happy or made them feel something. That's kind of the whole point. I feel like why I really want to pursue this. Well, when I was uh, cruising through Instagram and I noticed uh, pictures like this, I think this is one of the first ones that caught my attention. Uh, so tell us about this creative muse that get you into these expressive type of, I think, really wonderful paintings? Well, for me, if you can tell what paintings I made on what specific days, I feel like whatever happened to me during that day comes a lot out in the emotions felt in the paintings. Um, originally, when I started, I started making stuff in the mornings to start my day. And it was kind of like a little bit of like a wake up, ease into the day. And I noticed those started getting a little bit lazy. The, it just was like lazy line work and the color choices were mm, not the best. And I realized I need to live through the day. I need to live through the day, experience some events, some emotions to really make it push through and show in my work. So then I started making stuff around like 6 p.m., like in my evenings, right when I was done. Because I was still doing this when I was in school and that's when I was done with classes. So I had my whole day and it was like my last wind down. And during that, I would either listen to music. 
I would either call one of my friends and I would make stuff while I was talking to them or I started inviting my friends over and we would all make stuff together. So it was really a way, it started as a solo activity to ease into the day, how to scratch that. It just wasn't working. And then it became like a wind down activity in a way to really um, serve as an outlet for the different emotions, whether it was stress, anger, sadness, happiness, whatever I experienced that day, it was just channeled into the work. So one of my jobs as a therapist is to help people accurately label and describe how they're feeling. Uh, Do you ever have a pet? I, when I was in the fourth grade, I had two pet frogs. Ah. <laughs> Did you ever have a, a dog? No. Okay. My parents are allergic, so ah. I never did. But I have lots of friends, lots of animals, so I'm like ah. the aunt to all the pets. So what I generally tell people is, why do people name pets? And this isn't a quiz. Why do you think people name pets? Because they're part of the family. Yes. And if they would have never given their pet a name and the pet ran outside and ran into the woods, how would they call it back? You you wouldn't. <laughs> so generally, how would a person feel, Mallory, if their beloved pet ran off? How would they feel? Oh, absolutely devastated. Anxious, fearful, afraid, yeah. all of those things. And that's the way our feelings are also. If we're not able to accurately label and describe them, then they get away from us too. And we're able... How many times have a person asked, how, how are you? And you don't know. Or you just say, good. I mean, all the time. Or you just give like the non-answer, like, yep, everything. <laughs> right. So it's really, so what you're telling us is through your drawings, you're expressing and labeling and identifying thoughts and feelings. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, there's many people that can express their feelings in other ways other than verbally such as uh, this particular drawing caught my attention. What would you call it? Well, I thought personally it looked like coffee. (laughs) So I would call it coffee grounds because when I made this picture, it was a very rainy, all-day rainy day. It was pretty gross out. I was feeling kind of low because it was one of those gray days. And I feel like coffee grounds kind of symbolizes that because it's like the end something you kind of just want to like get rid of you just wanted to move on so when i look at that that kind of symbolized the day i was like oh it's just one of those rainy gray days i hope it passes just want to move on until the sunshine comes out and again when i look at this it's like you're stuck someone is stuck and trapped and overwhelmed in their life and just no way out no exit yeah i think that definitely can be seen the way we were talking earlier how it looks almost like a maze. But if you look at it, it doesn't appear there's like a entry and an exit point. It just seems like a jumbled mess. And you know what? That's the way some people come. Nobody comes into therapy to enter into therapy, coming in on a white horse, blowing rainbows and butterflies and saying, I just wanted to stop and tell you how wonderful my life is. <laughs> so the idea is, is we help people get there. From here, 
We're going to continue our conversation with Mallory on our next podcast where she continues to explain how she continues to bloom through life and how you can do the same. As everyone has been waiting for this free prescription, which can be filled anywhere, fruits, nuts, and vegetables, unplug your television and take up fishing. And for a truly mindful experience, we suggest that you fish without bait. And do a kindness for another. Do a kindness for yourself. Forgive another and forgive yourself. If we are not all of God's children, none of us are. Till all of us are free, none of us are free. Make choices and be good to yourself today and every day. Namaste, my friends. 